0: Welcome to the Farm Beats podcast.
1: FarmBeats is proudly produced by the Nebraska Digital Agriculture team and hosted by students at the University of Nebraska.
0: The Farm Beats podcast comes to you each week to discuss the trends, the realities, and the value of digital agriculture.
1: Through interviews with experts, producers, and innovators from across the agriculture industry, we hope that you step away from each episode with new practical knowledge of digital agriculture technology. Hello, FarmBits followers, and welcome to another episode of the FarmBits podcast. I'm Taylor Cross.
0: And I'm Jose Cesario, and we are glad to have you with us as we continue learning about the topic of precision land management.
1: On this episode, we welcome Todd Martin from Earth Optics, a new company based out of Arlington, Virginia.
0: In this episode, we learn more about their efforts in soil management and carbo mapping to increase the data available to users and growers.
1: Earth Optics has a very innovative handle on precision tillage within the agriculture industry. And with that background, let's dive right into learning about Earth Optics with Todd.
2: So, my name is Todd Martin. Uh, I currently serve as the Chief Commercial Officer for Earth Optics. I've been in um, agriculture, I guess, all of my life, but I'll count professional agriculture for the last 30 years. I joined uh, SEBA GIGI in 1990, and of course, SEBA became Novartis which ultimately became Syngenta and I spent 25 years with that organization in a whole host of roles from uh, crop protection chemical sales through seed sales to biotech development to managing globally dispersed teams and intellectual property and key account management it was a, it was an exceptional career there it was a really very strong organization continues to this day um about six years ago I uh, hung out a consulting shingle and uh, was honored to be asked to lead the Independent Professional Seed Association, which is a uh, trade association in the 25 states, predominantly in the uh, Corn Belt, that's made up of 125 independently owned seed producers that have about a quarter of the uh, corn and soybean market today. And they asked me to sit in as their CEO and help them through that organization, which I still do today and a uh, bunch of really great people. I've always said agriculture people are the best in the world. About 2018, uh, and this is the part that gets uh, a little bit deep into our Earth Optics, I had a good friend who was at the AgTech Accelerator in Raleigh, North Carolina named John Dembroski. Um, He and I were talking about a couple of different ideas. And he brought a concept to me that said, uh, hey, Todd, I just had something come across my desk talking about ground-penetrating radar and uh, utilizing it in the agriculture space. What do you think? Do you think that has any value? And so through a couple of different conversations, decided that we'd start looking into it because when you look at it, ground-penetrating radar is one of those really exciting things. It was uh, originally, you know, came up with through uh, the military industrial complex. DARPA came in with ground-penetrating radar and started using it to identify IEDs and war zones to help protect our troops so you know you get to get an opportunity to work with that type of technology it's really pretty cool and uh, we also had another gentleman John Anderson that uh, has had a long uh, long history uh, in the agriculture industry who was part of our uh, three-man founder team and we did a lot of work throughout 2018 looking at that technology and some other technologies and had some meetings at MIT, and ultimately in December 2018, we got our initial round of funding to give birth to, at that time, a company called Ground Truth Ag, and uh, that has ultimately become EarthOptics. Wow, that's so, a pretty
0: impressive path, Todd. Uh, would you mind providing us an overview about the EarthOptics?
2: Well, you know, so Earth Optics, as we uh, have come to be known now, um, what we are doing is we are working with agriculture service providers specifically to work with farmers. And, you know, our original package of product that we were coming to, we want to be a company that basically helps evolve the soil analytics system. If you look at what's going on in soil analytics right now, you know, we're taking soil samples and we're putting them in boxes and we're shipping them to labs, labs are running tests, and maybe the tests are a little bit, newer than they used to be but this is the same way we've done it for 80 years and what we'd like to do at earth optics is move that into the 21st century utilizing all the great technology that we now have at our hands i mean we've got technology that's on the mars rover that is helping to identify what's happening on you know what the soil makeup of mars is and this is some of the things that we want to be able to bring back and put at the uh disposal for use of the American farmer and farmers throughout the world. So that's kind of our overarching vision. Now along the way, our first path to market on our first product is through our ground owl, and that's with our product called Till Mapper. And what we do is with ground penetrating radar and EMI, we can go through a field on, you know, with our ground owl on a side by side or now on a tractor, and we can measure the compaction in a field. Now, I always say that's not a super sexy thing to do, is to talk about soil compaction. But soil compaction and bulk density have a lot of effect on how plants grow and how well plants grow. Every farmer out there knows he's got some problems with soil compaction. He usually infers them looking at his yield maps and sees, okay, well, over in this section of the field, my yields aren't great, I've got some standing water. You know, that's an area that I know that I'm turning my combines in in the fall. and turning equipment around. And so they know compaction affects them, but they've never had a really great measurement to be able to say, yep, this is what it is. And, you know, most soil, uh, scientists right now would tell you that about uh, a compaction pressure of about 250 PSI starts inhibiting the roots of your crops. So your crops don't grow as well. So what we can actually do is create a 3D map of the soil all the way down to three feet. And we can tell you what that pressure is, centimeter by centimeter, all the way down. So you can literally see where you need to till and how much you need to till. Now, that starts getting into some exciting technology. There are equipment companies out there that have been manufacturing variable tillers, uh, you know, variable depth tillers for a while, and they don't have a good way to feed exactly that information into that tiller to to make maximum use out of it. In earth optics, we can provide that level of information. But even more importantly, for a farmer that doesn't have that tiller, we give him a view of where in his field he actually needs to till. And we can say, you need to deep till here but you don't need to touch the rest of this field. And so even if he doesn't have that, he's got an ability to manually go and choose exactly where to to till and how deep to till. The result of that is immediate to a farmer because he's saving fuel, he's saving hours on his tractor, um, you know, when you're pulling a, a two-foot knife rig through a field and you've got that thing sunk at uh, sunk very low, that takes a lot of tractor power. So that's real savings. We're talking between 20 and $40 an acre. But even beyond that, you know, there is a labor savings that comes into that as well. And then comes all the stuff everybody wants to talk about today. It's more sustainable in real terms we talk about sustainability and ag. And of course, I'm one of the people that believes that every farmer out there is a true environmentalist because look, they understand the importance of the land, maintaining the land, getting the most production out of it, making sure it's there for kids, for grandkids. And most of the farmers are also hunters and fishermen. And so they really have a touch with nature and the land. Like, very few people in america are blessed to be able to have so when we start talking about things that farmers can do that is more sustainable and works better and so many times it's just big picture terms at earth optics one of our core concepts is we want to measure everything and we want to give things out to the farmer that are true and actionable so give them some real things that they can do and by knowing where they need to till and how deep they need to till we're giving them real information to save them money, but also it lends right into being more sustainable.
1: So you talked about ground owl and the till mapper. I recently saw where, I think back in March, y'all were awarded the Agco Innovation Challenge. So do you just want to talk a little bit about that and kind of more in depth on the till mapper and the prescription uh, test that y'all have generated?
2: Well, so so it's interesting. I mean, the Agco Equipment Challenge was something that uh, our technical team got involved in. And Lars Derud, our CEO, really drove forward. And it was all about that tillage piece of what we could do, and and the fact that it is such an innovation, innovative thing. So we were very excited to win it. It's it's prestigious, and I think it recognizes exactly how important that uh, you know compaction view and uh, tillage view really is. Um you know so so kudos to our technical technical team for being able to establish that and go through that entire process i think from a standpoint of prescriptive one thing that i want to make sure is is very clear here in in it is our approach to business and one of the things that we like to say is that at earth optics we want to be the guys that are measuring and giving information So we're really about the democracy of uh, information, getting it out there to people that can really make a difference. But I can tell you from my experience in agriculture over the course of my career, that one thing that I respect probably above all else is that farmers are inherently smart people because they deal with everything out there under the sun and they develop really trusted relationships with a few people that can give them tremendous advice. And those are people that are local agronomists in their areas or a lot of people have their own consultants that are sitting out there so they grab those and then there are also some really great service people at some of the co-ops that they're going to do business with or the seed companies that they do business with so here's what we do at earth optics we're not going to try and Go do everything on a farmer's field and come back and say, here's the prescription that you should do just in a box based solely on our information. What we want to do instead is actually give that information and teach the service providers, whether it's an agronomist, a consultant, maybe it is somebody the farmer has on staff uh, in a large farm situation, or working with the co ops or seed companies or other providers. Those people that the farmer relies on for information. What we want to do is empower all of them because they're going to walk onto the farm. And they're going to know that farm from a historical standpoint. They're going to take the data that we give. And although we know it's very actionable, they're going to look at all the other things that they do with on that farm. They're going to understand that individual farmer's objectives more than anybody else. So they're going to be able to take that information and really utilize it in a way that best benefits the farmer. That that way, and, and I, I want to differentiate it, we're not a company that's just trying to go all in one, one size fits all, here's the prescription based on the information, because we know, even though we can tell you exactly where to tell and when to tell, we also know that each individual farmer has different objectives, and they need to rely on the advice that they're very comfortable with, and we're giving them new data points. So now they have new information to make better decisions.
0: Yeah and and you talked about these technologies that uh your company has given for the the co ops and all the agronomists from that point uh could you give me a description of these technologies and the products that it offers like and also uh who are your main customers
2: so, sure so you know of course right now we have uh one sensor product that contains a couple of sensors uh so our ground owl product um trying to describe this we've internally called it a couple of different things the one we're currently uh, deploying we kind of call the hammerhead shark uh design it's uh it's a design that fits on the front of a side-by-side or tractor and has a uh, you know big horizontal piece that goes out and that contains both a ground penetrating radar And we have a license through MIT for localized ground-penetrating radar, which is the second thing, an electromagnetic induction unit. And what we do there is you attach it to this device that goes—I mean, to this side-by-side or tractor—goes across the field. You just run across the field and take all the sensor readings, and that logs back into one of our two products that we work with farmers and uh, you know service providers on, which is our till mapper today, as I've described, and our C mapper. So both of those products generate a lot of information, but we display it in digital 3D formats. It all goes into the cloud. So it's not real time, but it's near real time. Our limitation there is really how quick you can run it across the field, and then you can communicate with uh, communicate via internet up. If you've got great cell service, it uploads at 5G speeds. If you don't, and you don't have any cell service like a few of the fields we've been in, you know, it uploads when you get back. Uh, within cell service and internet service but the the products that the farmers actually get that's how we collect the data the products that the farmers actually get 3d maps that give layer information like we described with the till mapper that actually gives you the ability to look at the pounds per square inch of pressure down to uh you know about 30 centimeters and uh, at a centimeter by centimeter level. And then also we have the C-mapper product that gives us that same ability to look at the carbon sequestration in the soil. And we haven't talked a lot about that one, and I'm sure we will because, you know, carbon sequestration is on everybody's mind as we look at climate smart agriculture and forestry from the USDA, and we talk about, you know, greenhouse gases and we talk about carbon and how we can be more environmentally friendly, you know, The the benefit that Earth Optics is bringing to the table is we're cutting a middle ground on carbon between the trusted old way of collecting a literal ton of soil samples and doing carbon testing to get a great picture of what your current carbon level is, which is slow and expensive, and then trying to go totally an estimation route with remote sensing, looking at satellite imagery and common practice and saying, no matter how nice they put it, we guess you have this much carbon in your soil. And Earth Optics is measuring the soil efficiently and effectively and coming out with a real verifiable measurement. So all of a sudden, inexpensively, we're able to measure carbon very quickly and really give real numbers to farmers to help facilitate the the carbon economy. I do need to add one more thing, and uh, I've neglected to point this out because I've talked about the ground owl and what that sensor pack looks like and, you know, how we run it across the field and and we can really run it pretty fast. I know that uh, we did some speed tests and I got to be the driver of the side by side, which is was really fun. And we were running it 35 miles an hour across the field and our data was just as good as when we were running five miles an hour. and We did that back and forth and we pushed it a little faster and. Basically, we can take scans as fast as field conditions will allow. You really gotta know your field though, because finding a water ditch in the middle of a field that you didn't know there was there at 35 miles an hour can be really exciting and not in the best way. Okay. Um, but anyway, one of the things that I neglected to mention is the thing that sets us apart, and I think this is really key, is our ability to use artificial intelligence and machine learning within everything that we do. Because what that does is it gives us an opportunity to look at correlations around the entire picture of soil variability that we're taking. And that is what differentiates us from regular testing and basic analytics that other people are running. Because as we continue to feed the AI more, get the machine learning going. Every data point it collects, every acre it digests, everything that we give it, it literally gets smarter and can really look into the soil deeper and give us better information. So one of the things that I see in the future is getting to a piece at Earth Optics where we're doing totally touchless, totally touchless soil testing. Now, we're not there yet. But I can tell you when we drive into a field today, if we're doing carbon, we're gonna still take some carbon samples because we're still teaching the AI. And at the same time, we wanna validate that we're doing the correct thing. We wanna make sure that we're new, we still wanna verify our information. So we still take samples, but we take two thirds less samples. We'll take one third of the samples that you would normally do under a totally trying to measure carbon, so we can we can take a third of the samples and get the better information. Quite frankly, than we could if you sampled the entire field. So that's exciting to me, and knowing that as we get smarter, that sample curve is driving more towards zero. Now, my good friend Lars Derud, our CEO, who is a space scientist, he reminds me all the time. You know, he's got the big PhD behind his name, and I do not have that. Lars knows science. He spent a large part of his career building satellites and working with remote sensing. So he knows those systems and know what they can do and what they can't do. Lars keeps telling me that, hey, Todd, we probably won't ever get to zero, but we're gonna drive the number really low on the type of samples that we need to take. But I'm still gonna say that's my objective. I'd love to see it that way. I think our technology should get us there at some point. And it's all about that machine learning and being able to, continually feed the ai and make sure that it continues to uh, grow smarter
1: yeah that's really interesting and a good objective and goal super super innovative um how often uh is this data collected and not only how often but are growers collecting it do y'all have field technicians is that like a service y'all provide
2: so taylor that's a really good question um, currently, we have six teams deployed um, uh, of our internal teams as we're growing. We're growing that number by another 10 uh, over the next uh, 45 days so that they're out there doing the field work. Now, as we start moving forward, and, and of course, our equipment is out there and our ground owls, uh, we're continue to manufacture those and you know, as you would expect, The first ones that come out are prototypes are incredibly expensive, but as we continue to uh, manufacture more, that cost drives down really hard. So we're gonna come to a point, I hope within the next 12 months, where these units are very affordable for a farmer if he wants to buy them and do in this deploy unit himself. But even more importantly, they're gonna be incredibly uh, economical for a consultant or agronomist Uh, who wants to be in that side of the business. And so many of those people are already doing soil sampling work. We're just going to empower them to go and do more acres, do it more efficiently and uh, do it in less time. Uh, So it could be an add-on to their uh, services that they already do. And, you know, currently for a till mapper, you know, we're looking at prices around $3 an acre. And for our C-mapper, about the same thing, which is much cheaper than they could get anything on an elemental analysis, they being the farmer uh, through any laboratories. Um, so we're looking to, currently it's internal. We're looking to expand that out so that, you know, consultants and agronomists can have an opportunity to work with that. Farmers may, depending on their size. I think right now, if I were gonna be a farmer to judge it, I'd probably look at, if I had about 8,000 acres, I could probably justify. It. But I think the guys that can really justify, uh, guys and girls that can really justify it are those that are already doing multiple advising across farms. That's where they can really make it work for them well. And I think the nice part about it is it's a new revenue stream for them, so it helps enhance some of that revenue. Now, you also asked the thing about how often do you do it? I mean, really and truly from a tillage standpoint and from a carbon standpoint, we're going to do something a little bit more unusual. A lot of the carbon credit programs now run about five to seven years. We're going to actually subscribe that we're looking at some things that we want to do year over year. So we do think that, you know, doing an annual scan uh, of, you know, carbon is going to be one of the things that we want to do. Doing an annual scan of tillage, you know, if you've done one full scan uh, in a year, you may want to come back and do another, just see what has changed until you really get an idea of where that compaction is going to move and what the effect year on year is going to be and with certain environmental conditions. But I would say annual it and annual scan is at most you're going to be doing there. Uh, and it may be a scan every year or two. We're looking at introducing a very new concept in the carbon called the soil carbon project. Um, that we'll take an annual scan because we will look at carbon sequestration year over year with a farmer and as that carbon sequestered increases which means of course carbon dioxide in the atmosphere is minimized and decreases we are looking to help farmers find a food partner that will actually pay a premium for that carbon crop and we call it a carbon crop because, you know, it's reducing carbon out of the atmosphere, sequestering more carbon and it's measured and verified. And through the soil carbon project, we want to have a nice little thing out there working with the food companies where they can put a emblem of the soil carbon project on their food. And we know, we absolutely know that consumers can drive demand when they think things are important. We saw that with uh, project non-GMO And as we become more familiar with everything that is affecting, uh, you know, carbon in the atmosphere and trying to reduce our carbon footprint, I think this is one way to give consumers a choice on products. And the exciting part about it for me is it's an opportunity for us to help a farmer enhance what he already does by selling crops at a premium to what he can get as just a, you know, regular basis seen several of these opportunities start going around organic and non-GMO and while they don't work for every farmer I mean don't work they don't fit every farmer the farmers that do do see a lot of benefits so I think that that's a real opportunity that we're going to work and help present to the farmer directly
1: yeah real quickly can you value the um, importance maybe to a grower specifically on like what why is it so important for them to have access to these carbon maps
2: well, you know, I think that one of the things is I'm always one of these people that believes information is, is power and the more information you have, the better off that you are. The problem that I see is over the course of the last, let's just call it 12 years, since we've really gotten involved in precision agriculture, you know, it's not uncommon to go to a, a farmer's office, wherever he is, see the guy open up a drawer and it'd be full of USB flash drives and hard drives. And it's all his yield data and weather data and satellite mapping and, and just all of this data. And, you know, he's going to probably look at a couple of things. He's going to look at his yield maps because he wants to know in the field where he's getting the best yield and where he's not. And that's important information to him. He's going to look at his soil maps at the beginning of the year because he's looking at his fertilization. And then a lot of it gets to be noise. And, you know, it's, oh, it's nice information to have, but is it really helping me make a decision? Fully believe that as we look at the till mapper product, that's going to help him make a decision. It's going to help him save money, help him facilitate getting in the carbon uh, economy if he'd like to be able to do that. Likewise with the, the C mapper and the carbon maps that he can look at. Those are going to be paramount to him being able to participate in something like the soil carbon project, where we can help him develop a premium market for his crop where he has maximized carbon in the soil. I think the other piece of it is, is that they're going to give him real value year over year if he enters the carbon market for selling carbon credits. You know, one thing that we know today is the carbon market in the United States, 1%, one freaking percent of farmers, agriculture lands participate in the carbon market. 1%. And forty-six percent of the land in the U.S. is agriculture-based in some way or another. So, holy smokes, what a disconnect on being able to participate in that market. Well, why don't they do it? One thing is, it's hard as heck to understand. I mean, it's it's not just it's not just easy to get into. Secondly, for me, you know, somebody's telling me I got to do something in the next five to seven years. And then thirdly, yes, I can sell carbon credits and I've got programs with the USDA that they're changing now because the USDA is really focused on climate smart agriculture and carbon, and carbon farming, if you will. But I've got right now, I've got things that they just don't work out economically. So let's think about this. Seven-year program, having a hard time understanding that. I need to, in a lot of ways, look at my farming practices. Okay, I need to grow cover crops. That may cost me as much as $40 an acre to put in, but I can get a $15 an acre piece back from the USDA. So I'm going to spend $30 an acre to do that. And then I need to try and till less over here. I don't have a real way to manage it. The programs are based on things that I do. I need to try and reduce nitrogen. There's some new pieces on nitrogen fixation and Holy smokes, at the end of the day, I really don't know what I'm going to get. I'm, I'm jumping through every hoop under the sun to do things, and I don't really see what I'm getting. That's the difference that we're going to give them. We're going to tell them immediately, here's your baseline. This is how many tons of carbon you have sequestered in your soil. A year from now, we're going to come back and say, this is how many tons of carbon you have sequestered in your soil. This is what you have that, it, that it, carbon is worth to sell. And when you've got all kinds of companies that are pledging to be carbon neutral by 2030, the carbon economy is gonna have to open up. When you've got a company like any airline, American or Delta, that is gonna move into the carbon economy, and they're literally gonna spend a few billion dollars buying carbon offsets. If I'm the CEO of one of those companies, I'm gonna wanna make darn sure I know what I'm buying before I spend a billion dollars. Because I don't want somebody to come back and say, oh, guess what? Yeah, this carbon you bought for this much money really isn't enough. And we measured it. And yeah, no, I want to know what I'm buying. If it's a brick, I want to buy a brick. So you know, that's where I see the real value to a farmer at having the information and a baseline information on carbon on his farm and then knowing what he's doing and what the real impact is. And I mean, let's face it one of the significant things that we have to understand is what what we are doing, is it really making a difference for us? I mean, the worst thing that we could do is start running down the road of a carbon economy and saying, we're doing all this work and we're doing all this stuff and there is zero impact and there's no carbon dioxide reduced in the atmosphere and there's no additional carbon sequestered in the soil. Boy, that's a bad day, and that's bad on us. Mm. So measuring, measuring accurate, accurately, and being able to validate what's actually happening is urgently important to be able to make this work properly. Because yes, it is about economics for a farmer, but in the long term, it's about you know cleaner air for all of us. So that's I just believe that we have to know. We have to know what the measurements are, and that's the value of what Earth Optics brings.
1: Is there any specific cases that you want to share with us that Earth Optics really made a difference in someone's operation?
2: Well, I can think of one in particular. We're running on a farmer friend of mine, and he's got 11,000 acres of uh, land. And if you're farming 11,000 acres, you got to be doing something right or else you're going to lose your shirt really quick. And this guy is one of the real innovators, and he really looks at everything for dollars and cents. And we were running his acres and honestly, giving him back information and he was running a tiller across and we're coming in and saying, you really, you got it here. Here's where your problems are. You don't need to touch this field, which is the next field he's going to. And he says, yeah, I haven't touched that field in three years. I have to go there. No, this is what it's telling us. Yeah, I can't buy it. Okay, let's back up. Here's what it's telling us over here. Yep, I'm over there. Here's what it's telling us right beside that. Got it. Here's what it's telling us here. You really don't think I need to till that field. You don't need to. All right, but if my yield's down, I'm really going to be hacked. And that was last fall. He didn't till the field. His yield was fantastic. We're going to have to prove to a lot of people that this is real stuff from time to time. I mean, I think one of the challenges we always have in ag it's when somebody's doing something right, it's hard to get them to change because, you know, there's that old adage, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And how many times we tried to fix something made it worse. So, you know, when we can get down into a specific situation and we've got a solid farmer that we can work with and say, hey, look, trust us. This is why. And we don't need to go here. And then he sees the real difference. Yeah, he's a believer. And. That's where you necessitate a significant change. So that's really kind of a small story, Taylor, you know, uh, of one incident a year ago. But it's a year-over-year year story. What we did last fall, farmed a crop, got results. We know it works. We know it's right. And we could tell looking at the doggone radar put out in the maps that, wow, this is, you don't need to touch this field. It's fine. So you know that's the type of level of difference that I know that we can put in, you know, for everybody that wants to work with us at Earth Optics.
0: That's amazing, Todd. Uh, What are, why are you most excited about the future of the Earth Optics?
2: Well, you know, it's really funny because I'll tell you the couple of things that have happened. so as we go- went through, as I told you, you know, kind of this whole idea that we could change the landscape of soil testing, and give farmers more information, better, faster, more efficiently, and in actually saving some money along the way too, and that's always a good day if you can do something better and faster and cheaper. Yeah, I kind of like to look at those type things. May not believe them at first, but if I can prove prove it to myself, let's go. And then we stumbled on carbon. You know, carbon really was not in our even on our projections for the future. But we always look at sometimes, you know, I had a old friend that used to tell me, luck is preparation meets opportunity. Well, we were prepared and the carbon opportunity came. But let's take carbon out of the equation for a minute. If we have a situation where we're approaching a farmer about soil compaction, we're still having him be more sustainable regardless of the carbon. But what is the future on earth optics? Well, next year we're gonna introduce our moisture mapper and our nutrient mapper products. And those are exactly what they say. We've had to learn more about soil moisture levels in particular points uh, across because we've been educating our AI because moisture directly affects soil conductivity, which directly affects our readings with regards to compaction and carbon. So we've learned a lot of really cool things about moisture. So we're gonna be able to de- deploy that product into farmers. But the next one is the one that I've been looking at and is really exciting. And those where we're combining a couple of more sensors into our ground owl unit to help us look at elemental products. So we're gonna be looking really at MP and K and the entire line of micronutrients out there. And that's the next step. That's where we can say that basically when we run into a field, we're going to scan you for all of your soil elements and be able to give the fertilization recommendations and be able to have the units and say, this is this is where you are with regards to all the elements in your soil and what's available. And I think that's going to be a really nice next step as we go forward to be able to take that in. you know, And that does change, again, the dynamics of what's happening with, with regards to soils. We're seeing companies out there now, they're doing testing and they're test, you know, doing microbiome studies and pieces like that. And I got to tell you, they likely will continue to do those. But if we can get down to where we can scan with compaction, and we know compaction and moisture, and we can also give the elementals, it changes the direction of what's going on. And then there's a really exciting product that we're just working on from a development, and it's called Mapper and this is where we're really looking into how we can map out pests in the soil like nematodes. now that's really early stage and we're not there yet but that is absolutely uh something on the horizon that is exciting so we still got to get the proof of concept we've done a few tests we've got a lot more work to do but i mean as we look out and we look at the technologies we're deploying we're seeing lots of opportunities uh to get really excited about products that we can offer in the future
1: so before we wrap up here with two more little generic questions, is there anything that we didn't talk about today that you want to share with our listeners specifically?
2: Um, you know, we're really excited about where we are today and the uh, people that we've been able to work with so far. And, um, I, you know, I really hope that from your listener standpoint, uh, they'll pick up the phone and, uh, or drop us an email and say, hey, look, uh, can you come out here and talk to me about this? And what can we do to work together? uh from that perspective i will tell you we're doing a lot of work uh in the upper midwest and you know i know the winter's coming we're going to keep on working until uh snow falls and then we'll be moving down south and working into a lot of the southern states um and continuing through uh, december and january
1: awesome thanks so much for that and uh one thing we wrap up each episode with is we ask um, our guest, for one piece of advice to our listeners that are looking at making a soil management decision, uh, just in general, what do you have to offer them?
2: You know, I think that one thing that's going on with, uh, in the entire soil space at this point, is understanding and learning as much information as you can about your soil. There has been so much talk about soil health over the last six, seven years, and, and I appreciate that. I tend to not use that term Because I believe that, you know, we've got to look at our best management practices in soil, and that all starts with the best information in understanding exactly what our crops need and how we have multiple choices to give it to them. And then we know that soil is, uh, you know, finite, and we need to make sure that it is sustainable going forward. So I think that we're right at that precipice of looking at, uh, you know, soil, there's a lot of decisions, a lot of things that are going on at the USDA. And as a farmer today, don't miss the opportunities that the USDA is doing about talking about carbon in the soil. There's a lot of things that are happening in that space. It could be really great economic benefits for uh, farmers to look into that space and see what they can really do. Plus they can have a feel good of knowing that it's gonna help produce CO2 in the atmosphere.
1: Thank you very much to Todd Martin for taking the time to join this episode of the Farm Bits Podcast. It's really exciting to hear how Earth Optics started and how they really fit into this precision agriculture industry. One of my favorite parts of this episode was learning more about how Earth Optics is helping growers practice carbon smart farming and the importance of having more of this soil data available to growers moving forward in that carbon market.
0: One of my favorite parts of this episode was learning about the precision land management with soil data analysis to help growers and producers on decision-making in a sustainable way. I hope you enjoyed this episode and we are looking forward to sharing another digital egg story with you next week on FarmBeats. Thank you for taking the time to join us today on the Farm Beats podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, Please subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts to be informed about the latest content each week.
1: We welcome your feedback, so if you have comments or questions for us, please reach out to us over email, on Twitter, or in the review section of your favorite podcast platform. Our contact information can be found in the show notes.
0: We would like to thank Nebraska Extension for their support of this podcast and their commitment to providing high-quality informational material to members of the agricultural community in Nebraska and beyond.
1: The opinions expressed by the hosts and guests on this podcast are solely their own and do not reflect the views of Nebraska Extension or the University of Nebraska-Lincoln.
0: We look forward to you joining us next week for another episode of Farm Beats.